Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowen, and myself continue our discussion with Dr. Gene Veith. Please sit back and enjoy. We love your your blog, and we would direct all our listeners to uh, go to your blog. And uh, I love all the um, the the ways you bring out different vocations, be it a a sports person or actress or or garbage man or whatever it might be. I I love all those. Um, Question: uh, Do you, in terms of law and gospel, do you view vocation Mm -hmm. as law gospel? How how does that work out in your mind in this? Well, I think that the Word of God comes to us as as law or gospel, and sometimes it's the Holy Spirit applies that Word to us. When we need law, it comes as law. When we need gospel, it comes as gospel. So, uh, I, I don't think that you can look at the Bible and you'll know, color code it necessarily. <laughs> I mean, some may be, you know, okay, this is law, this is gospel. You know, you look at the Beatitudes and, you know, you can see them as, as law, that I'm not merciful. I'm, I don't hunger and thirst for righteousness. And, and it affects us that way. At the same time, you can read them when you're already aware of your, of your, uh, sinfulness you read that and read the one who and uh from the one who is meek and who hungers and thirsts for righteousness and who is uh, the merciful uh pointing to christ and and it becomes gospel to learn who he is and what he's done on our behalf so vocation um can be uh, either, and someone we need it in in both ways. In other words, when we're uh, uh, you know complaining and and uh, not doing what we want, and become only interested in our self fulfillment and neglect our neighbor, it comes to us as law, mm-hmm. and it brings us back to our duties. I love the Catechism <laughs> where it talks about vocation under the the table of duties. Yeah. And so that can be helpful and that can convict us. And um, we're told in the catechism about what sin should we confess. And it says, consider your station in life, whether you are a uh, uh, husband or wife, a worker or employee, and you know, he just runs through all of that. And those are our vocations. And so we look at this, our sinfulness in our vocations. Mm-hmm. And 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 that that's very important. And then, though, it comes to us as gospel when we understand God's action in our vocation. Mm-hmm. That God is the one who gives daily bread through our work, who who gives blessings to other people, how He works through us. And and when you realize that. It's not just all about you. It's about God graciously mm-hmm. 
working through you and and even the things that are fulfilling in, in in our vocations to see those as his gift coming from his hand that he has given you your wife and children and your family member he's given you the work that you do which can be can be fulfilling uh in in its way so it becomes a way to to reflect on God's action and on God's gifts, which gets us into the realm of, of gospel. And for those artists who mm-hmm. heard about vocation and were just <laughs> so liberated by it, it, it was gospel. Uh, and so, um, you know, you'll read different authors arguing one or the other, but, but I think the way... Um, the word of God is, and the way God's teachings are, they can they they come to us according to the Holy the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit knows that we need, yep. uh, and sometimes it's it's one, sometimes it's the other. Oh, uh, this is a question. It's it's more of a curiosity of mine <laughs> that I've always wanted to ask you. But uh, are you familiar with Mike Rowe? And have you ever yes. met him? Because <laughs> no. I, I would I would probably pay a lot of money just to sit in on a conversation between you <laughs> and Mike Rowe. Oh. <laughs> well, dirty jobs, uh, right? Yeah, Mike mm-hmm. Rowe. Uh, yeah, I, I love uh, dirty jobs, and I've seen it uh, uh, and, and watch it every chance I get. And uh, yeah, <laughs> to, to me, that that really exemplifies it, and and it's. Um, I mean, a, a, another one of the dangers of misunderstanding is is the strange fact that we often our society looks down on certain vocations, and usually those vocations are the most important and the biggest occasions of love and service mm-hmm. than a lot of the things that, that get a lot of money. I mean, I, I'm willing to agree that being a, being a Hollywood actor or a professional football player, those are legitimate vocations from God. But again, the ones who do the dirty jobs, um, to me, that's much more admirable in many ways and certainly good examples of, of vocation that we need to appreciate. And again, a good way to do it, a good way to appreciate that is to watch uh, micro on dirty jobs. <laughs> well, there's, yeah, there's, uh, you know, it's it's refreshing to see someone talk about the dignity of work today mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know i kind of have always connected what what mike rowe is doing now with what mr rogers was doing back in the 70s and 80s because if you ever go back and watch one of those shows uh Mr. Rogers was all about talking about the value that people are contributing to society <laughs> with their jobs. You know, you think about mm-hmm. the the tours they would do of factories yeah. and Mr. Rogers was always <laughs> talking about how each individual factory worker was so important to the proce- process and yeah. so skilled. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I didn't think of uh, Mr. Rogers, but, you know, once you get vocation you start seeing it everywhere mm-hmm. uh so many you know you watch a movie and hey that's about vocation you know you, <laughs> you read a book you, you see a situation you look at the problem uh uh this is all about vocation and, and again it's little wonder that that's true hmm. yeah i'd like to uh 
talk a little bit about Lutheranism here. Um, I know with our podcast, we're called Being Lutheran, and we just uh, really love being Lutherans, and we want others to discover yeah. Lutheranism. And um, I, I know you've written on your blog and other places about just how you know, where are the Lutherans and, and that sort of question. Um, do you sense right now that more people are discovering Lutheranism or are uh, interested in Lutheranism or what's, what's your take on that question? Hmm, okay. I don't know the numbers as far as more or, or less, uh, but my sense is that the, the time for Lutheranism is, is, is here. And, um, in, in directing the the postmodern secularist you know, nuns, you know that climate. I think Lutheranism is a is a strain of Christianity that can maybe uh, speak to that uh, even better than um, than others. I mean, we're at a time where um, the the church is really as a whole. Christianity as a whole I mean, is very weak, and it's almost like the bottom has fallen out of it, and it's become so discredited. It's mm-hmm. all about politics, whether it's left-wing politics or the social gospel, the mainstream Protestants or right-wing uh, politics of, uh, of the evangelicals. Uh, it just really put people off, and then the, the sex scandals and the, the sense of hypocrisy and uh, and the like. And I really feel that you know that one of the insights of, of Lutheranism is the centrality of the of the cross mm-hmm. and and justification by faith in. The work of Christ on His redemptive work on the cross, and that's the article in which the church stands or falls. And right now, that's being minimized, even in traditions that that, that have that. People are downplaying the redemption, the atonement, saying, "Well, you know, God wouldn't punish His own Son for 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 the sins of other people. That's not fair. And God is righteous, so He wouldn't do that." And completely ignoring the doctrine of incarnation uh, involved and 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 the, the, the teaching of Scripture on the miracle of Christ assuming the, the sins and the griefs of the world. Uh, to me, that's just such a profound idea. But so many people, including conservatives, including conservative uh, evangelicals, uh, they've discovered in T. Wright and the new perspective on Paul that uh, no, well, when when, when St. Paul was talking about we were free from the law, he was just talking about freedom from the Judaic law, from the food laws of the Old Testament and all of that. And these are all attempts to bring back salvation by works. And the problem is when you're back in that you get um, you, you're, you're, you're instead of justification by Christ, you're back to justifying yourself. 
which enables you to justify your bad behavior because you know you're such a good person. So all these bad things that you're doing, all of the sex scandals and everything else that's plaguing the church and bringing it down, I can see people, you know, rationalizing that. I'm a good person. You know, this really isn't as bad. Uh, as one might think, and uh, that, and then instead of morality, politics and turn, uh, is is put into the the kind of works it takes that the, the place of goodness. And anyway, it's just uh, you know, if justification is the arc on which the church stands and falls, it's been minimized so much now that the church is falling, and, and rightly so. Uh, the Lutherans have a chance to really bring that gospel message back. And other things about Luther, I wrote a book recently called uh, Authentic Christianity Mm -hmm. that tries to make the case that Lutheran theology is what can best address the the postmodern world. And I uh, notice vocation, you know, where people are secular, you know, it's a secular sphere. Lutheranism, with its doctrine of vocation, with its teaching that God is, it reigns as the king, even over the secular area, the secular realm, the ordinary, seemingly non-spiritual things of life. Those two uh, are under God's care. Those two are part of the spirituality of vocation, if you would. And so um, it, it gives a value to the secular realm. It doesn't deny it or run from it or turn inner all interior about it, it gives a basis for this world in all of its secularity, brings that under the bigger picture of of, of God and his and his love for us. Uh, the Lutheran teaching of the sacraments. You know, people have trouble with abstractions, postmodernists do, with ideas. And often, even as Lutherans, are some are guilty of presenting uh, our teaching just as sort of abstract intellectual ideas. But our sacramentalism makes them tangible. Mm-hmm. Our focus on, on God's incarnation in Christ, his real presence in bread and wine and, and water and the, the pages of a book and the, the, the airwaves of, uh, in vibration of sound when the pastor's preaching. <laughs> uh, uh, it's been said that Lutheranism kind of uniquely affirms the physical realm as a, as a means of God's communication. And um, I think that's something that can kind of make Christianity real again for for people today. So uh, I know in lots of congregations, uh, you know, you'll find lots of kind of burnt out evangelicals who discover Lutheranism and they're so excited about it. And <laughs> you know, disillusioned Catholics who discover Lutheranism and, and and are so liberated by it. And you'll find that. Now, I, I still think that Lutherans have a tendency just to speak to to each other, <laughs> and and we and so most people out there do not even know what Lutherans believe or, or what 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 they're all about. And uh, by the same token, you'll talk to 
people who are nuns or who are other kinds of non-believers. They don't even know what Christianity is. They think Christianity is about being good by having to do things against the way they want to do them. Uh, they don't know that it's about, first and foremost, about being forgiven when you're not good, being forgiven for the things you do. And then, uh, you know, there, there's a righteousness that, that flows out of that. The, the, the fruit of that faith is real, but, but it ends up with a righteousness that is 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 not just a matter of self-righteousness. In self-righteousness, uh, you find that everywhere, including among people who don't want to be righteous, but they're self-righteous. Again, they're justifying themselves, but uh, they don't know uh, what it could be, and they realize that, that God can justify them uh, through Christ, and that's, that's what they really need. So I think that the time is right. Mm -hmm. I think uh, uh, they said a few years ago that you know this is the reformed, uh, the time for the reform. Now I, <laughs> I think that the time is going to be for for Lutherans. Yeah. If we Lutherans can you know take advantage of it and get our message out there, <laughs> surprise what might happen. Well, I want to I want to pick up on one of the things you you said really quick about that because it's something that's been hitting home to me during this pandemic crisis we've been facing. The, uh, the last two <laughs> or three weeks uh, have easily been the most exhausting for me as a pastor in my entire mm -hmm. ministry. I've been a pastor for yeah. I've been a pastor for about ten years now, and. Uh, it, it hit me the other day with why that's the case, because as Lutherans, we have a tangible faith. Everything that's we right. do, everything we do is flesh and blood. The visitation, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, you know, like you said, even the worship and the sacraments, it's all tangible. There's mm -hmm. the water of baptism yeah. and the bread and wine of yeah. communion, and there's the preacher who's flesh and blood. And it's it's been unsettling to move to a digitally based ministry where we're live streaming our sermons and all <laughs> mm -hmm. my all my visitation is done by phone call and, and yeah. things like that. Do you think uh, in you know and maybe this will be a good transition to talking about your your latest books? But do you think that in this you know formerly postmodern now almost post postmodern society that part of what makes lutheranism so appealing to people when they discover it is the fact that it is a tangible real life real time faith rather than an abstraction well it it, it does and and um the 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 problem is that you know the virtual world uh you know, it's become so part, and that's the only reality some people even can conceive of—a virtual reality on their on their computer screens. Uh, but you know, one of the good things about the coronavirus—I shouldn't say that—that's <laughs> that's overstating it. But one of the more positive things is that now people are already so sick of being of that isolation. All of a sudden they're they're conscious of it. And they I suspect they will crave whenever this is over, whether it's in a in the in a month or eighteen months or whenever, uh, people crave being with other people. People will crave coming back to a church and uh, and being uh, and being in, in the kind of worship that we often sort of taken for granted. 
Um, and and it, it does challenge postmodernism in, in a lot of ways. Uh, the coronavirus has been called a postmodern our first, our first postmodern epidemic, and uh, because in, in some ways it it reinforces that. Okay, so everything's moving online. Okay, that's what's happened everywhere. Uh, uh, we're isolated. That's what postmodernism does. But at the same time, it's it's undermining it. Uh, you know, postmodern people believe that truth is a construction, that they, the mind creates its own truth. And so, and that's, and it constructs its own reality. And again, our technology reinforces that in the computer world. Virtual reality is a construction, and, and it, is, uh, 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 it is that way. But, you know, this virus hitting, coming on us so soon, this is not something that people made up in their minds. You know, this is a, an objective reality that's broken in on us. And, and I think one of the reasons there's so much panic and, and unsettled feelings about it is that, and, and denial of it, is, is that this doesn't fit the dominant way of thinking in our in our culture. You know, that the, 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 so many millennials still insist on going to school spring break and, and and make light of it and they're not going to be affected by it and well they're living in that self-created world and they don't realize that they're in that the reality is outside and beyond themselves and that reality has a way of breaking in and, and upsetting those little creations so uh it'll be interesting to see if uh, what this this plague, uh, which is far lighter than the the big plagues of, of of human history, but it'll be interesting to see what what comes of it. If it might challenge that postmodernist view of constructivism and that kind of self created isolationism, and make people yearn to be in a in a tangible environment with other people in, in their presence again. And uh, uh, if it's creating a kind of dissatisfaction and kind of refuting uh, the way we've been living for so long. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next week as we continue our discussion with Dr. Gene Veith. God bless you and have a great week.